You're listening to the Mind Your Business Podcast, episode number 258. Today, you're going to learn how to make the leap from one-to-one to one-to-many. So, stay tuned. Hi, I'm James Wedmore, and I've built a multiple seven-figure internet business that offers the financial freedom to do what I want, when I want. And I'm the first to say that hard work and hustle are not essential ingredients for your success. So, how do you build a thriving business from the inside out? Now, with over 2 million downloads, this is the Mind Your Business Podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, James Wedmore here, and welcome to a special Wednesday edition of the Mind Your Business Podcast. Y'all know what that means. It's time for a case study. Now, my case studies, or these episodes, are my favorite type of episodes because you get to learn directly from real entrepreneurs in the trenches, not make-believe entrepreneurs, the real entrepreneurs that are doing the work in different niches. And today is no exception. I wanna jump right into this because it's a bit of a longer one. You're gonna hear from my dear friend, Amber Brzezicki, and Amber is an extraordinary entrepreneur. She's a mom of four kids who uh, has no background in business. She's never been in business before, for herself, before she started this business. And she wasn't even ever in corporate America. And this entire interview is how she became an accidental entrepreneur and built uh, almost a $200,000 a year business just doing one-on-one coaching. And how she was able to make that leap as scary as it is, to a one-to-many leveraged online business that is now pacing and on track for over $400,000 a year. And what she did this year in just the first like five, six months of 2019 to really make that all possible. So a quick little bio about Amber. She's a registered nurse, she's a personal trainer, and she's an online fitness coach. She's the founder of Biceps After Babies, you gotta love the name, and the podcast, Biceps After Babies Radio, Bab Radio. She's worked today with over a thousand different clients, helping them to work on the body they want while loving the body that they already have. Now, Amber's vision is to empower women to achieve first in fitness so that they can develop the confidence to achieve elsewhere in their lives. And like I said before, she has four kids ages five to 11. She has just a few hours, less than three hours a day to work on her business, and what she's been able to create is nothing short of extraordinary. So without further ado, let's pay close attention to this powerful interview with Amber. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here with today's very special guest, Amber Breeze Aki. Amber, how you doing? I'm doing good. Did I nail the last name? Close enough. <laughs> you, you got the pronunciation. The, the inflection was, you know, Brizaki. It's a work in process. Brizaki. Brizaki. Oh, much better. Amber yep. Brizaki. Okay. Yep. Amber, I'm so excited. And I just, I'm really grateful for you taking the time to be here today. I think you're about to inspire a lot of entrepreneurs out there. That's pretty I sure awesome. I hope so. Yeah. So let's just start with the basics. And why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about who you are, what your business is, who you help, and how you help them? 
Yeah, awesome. So I'm Amber Brzezinski, and I am the founder and owner of the brand Biceps After Babies. So I work specifically with women and usually moms to be able to help them to reach their fittest selves. And I really say that, you know, I start with the health and fitness and I start with weight loss. That's my vehicle. But what I really do with women is help them learn how to achieve. And so I find women come to me wanting to lose weight. They come to me wanting to transform their body and I can absolutely help them do that. But I find that once they start to do that and they learn about goal setting and they learn about personal development and they learn about the power of their mind, then it bleeds into other areas of their life. And so what I love so much about what I do is that it's about fitness, but it's not about fitness. It's about helping people to learn how to achieve and to transform other areas of their life. I feel like you and I are very similar in that respect. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I resonate with a lot of what you say because of that. Yeah, that's so awesome. Well, you've been able to accomplish some extraordinary results in a very short amount of time. And I really want to get into your story today of how you've transitioned from one to one to one to many, because I cannot tell you how many listeners of this show are doing that. They're coaches or they're maybe they're therapists or they're practitioners. They're doing a one-to-one and they've hit that ceiling just like I know you did. So I want to get into that and get into the nitty gritty of how you were able to make that transition because I think it's a scary transition. Absolutely. I have to imagine that you with four kids and not having any other prior business experience, folks, that's the thing is I love bringing people like Amber on because I was telling Amber before the show, it's really easy for people to say, well, it's easy for you, James. You know, you've been doing this forever. And it's like, it can also be easy for you because maybe not easy, but simple, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's not always easy, but it can be simple. And so hopefully you'll, um, you'll see how Amber was able to do it despite being a mom of four kids and not having previous business experience. So that's amazing. I want to ask though, how did you get into this? It was accidental. Yeah. I am a very much an accidental entrepreneur. Love it. In fact, I remember my dad growing up, he's not an entrepreneur himself, but he wanted us to be entrepreneurs. And so he tried to get us to like start businesses and do window washing and like all the things. And I was, I never, I was like, no dad, like I'm going to go get a job and I'm going to like do the job and I'm going to get yeah. paid and that's it. So I didn't do it like ever growing up, but he always wanted me to. And Three years ago, 2016, I set a fitness goal to get abs for the first time. And I started an Instagram account because I'm like, yeah, that's the thing to do, right? Is like start a fitness Instagram account and track <laughs> my journey. And people started like showing up and people started like asking me questions and people started asking me to coach them. And I was like, um, what? okay, sure, <laughs> sure, yeah. I'll coach you. Like, that sounds kind of fun. And so I did and it grew and by year two i was making six figures and i was like this is crazy like i was really excited and i was you know approaching almost multiple six figures with my one-to-one coaching business and i was like i'm so burnt out mm. like i'm so stressed out i had over a hundred clients at no one way one yeah i was at like 125 clients i remember over the summer I was up, we were at a cabin with my family and I'm like sitting here like doing like email responses to all my clients because I had client check-ins and I'm like, what am I doing? Like yeah. I'm running myself to the ground. Like I can't, there was no way I could imagine myself doing that 10 years from now. I was like, I will die. Like it's too much. How do I grow this bigger with just me? Like, And, and I, that's, those are the questions that I think we're going to answer today on this episode, which I'm really excited about. But not yet. Let's let's tease our listeners a little bit more. Okay. What did 125 clients actually look like? Were you doing 
you weren't doing like a hundred in person. You were doing like, no, it's all online. So it was all like weekly check-ins with clients with one-on-one, like not like put them all on one zoom call. No, no, no. I would do like individual responses to each client. And so, I mean, I had them staggered. Right. So it was like, I would have like Monday through Friday, like, Mm -hmm. you know, 20 on each day, but I was spending three to four hours every single day on my laptop typing responses to clients and like, and doing text, like I did text messages as well. So like I would get, I'd be in the middle of a dinner and I'd get text message from my clients about like, what do I eat now? And like, it was very much all encompassing of my life. Uh, yeah, I could imagine. And what were they paying? Not enough. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I started very like middle of the barrel with my pricing. So it was like, $200 for six weeks. Wow. Um, And I, over time was able to like, as I got more and more clients, I did, I raised my prices, raised my prices, but I raised my prices like six times. And I was still was like tapping out with, you know, a full client load. This Um, is, uh, but that's amazing. There's, there's so much amazing about this. First of all, I love this common theme we're hearing with a lot of our case studies with, I'm just, I'm an observer. I'm being the reporter right now. I cannot tell you how many of our case studies of people that entrepreneurs became successful described not necessarily accidental but in the same sense it was like it wasn't their original intention they're like yeah i started this project out of passion and joy and inspiration and then it turned into something and it's just i have to note it that it's this is another example of that i don't know it's very interesting that was um, totally my experience and then, someone needed help and i wanted to help them yeah and then <laughs> what did you have any fancy stuff like how are you getting these 120 clients are they just reaching so out saying everything was all organic all through instagram like my instagram account grew and every everything was organic it was like people would get you know when people get results they tell their friends and i feel like women have this little niche right like if something works for you then you're going to tell your sister and your sister-in-law and your mother mm-hmm. and like everybody so I, that's how i got all of my clients was just organic so what I'm also hearing is that in a very short amount of time, like two years, you built almost a $200,000 a year business using Instagram and just working one-on-one with clients. Yep. That's it. I mean, for a lot of people, that's like, I'll just take that, right? I'll just, right. I'm happy yeah. with that. But what other than noticing that you, that it's not sustainable, was there anything else driving you to go from one to many? So, you know, I didn't even know this term one to many. All I knew was that I was stressed out and I couldn't imagine doing this any longer and that I was at the top of like my earning potential. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I I don't know what to do next. And so I reached out to a coach and worked with her for a little while. And she introduced me to this concept of, she's like, well, what you're doing is working, right? Like you're getting results. Like you're working one-on-one with clients. Like we could just take you from the one-to-one to to the one-to-many model. And I was like, oh, I've never heard of that. Like, what would that look like? So she kind of coached me on that, on like a group coaching model. And that's, that's the next step that I took was after one one I went to one to many and did a group coaching okay so the first thing you did was did a group coaching what was the price point what did that look like so that that was scary she pushed me on the price point in that and I started at a beta at 497 price point mm-hmm. and then the next when I launched it for real then it was a 997 price point and at the time you did that how much was working one-on-one how much did you get so that? So she had pushed me to increase my one-on-one prices too so it was it was around I can't remember but it was around like four to five hundred a month Okay, got it. Yeah. So looking back now, I mean, it's scary for all of us when we raise our prices. What advice do you have for somebody around pricing today, having had that experience? 
Yeah, that's a, I mean, pricing is a tough issue. There's a whole lot of money mindset that goes into that. And I absolutely can see my transition with money and my relationship with money over the last couple of years and how that has changed. I came from a very lack mindset, Mm. conservative, like my husband is a physician, but he just barely like finished all of his training. And so we went for 14 years making very little money living in California with four kids. So I come from this lack mindset of like, everything's expensive. I can't afford it. Like that's my mindset. And so when it came to pricing, that was something, a big hurdle that I had to get over. Um, because, because you assume perfect. that, that everyone's the same as you. Exactly. This is, yep. I mean, I've talked about this yep. before, but your beliefs about money, you tend to, as an entrepreneur, you tend to superimpose them on other people. Like I don't want people to look at me and say, oh, James can't afford that. Like, that's your stuff. Don't put that on me. Don't tell me what I can or cannot afford. But yeah. I, I really get that. So I remember when I was in that place. So I have to assume you were sitting there going, well, money's tight for me. So mm-hmm. I couldn't possibly ask other people for money because it's tight for them as well. Well, and part of me was like, I felt such a kinship to the people in the same situation as me. So like Mm -hmm. other moms who like were stay at home moms who had husbands who were still going through training, like I felt such a kinship to them. and like wanting to serve them that it felt, it felt hard to raise my prices because then I I was like leaving them behind and it was almost like leaving me behind when I, how did you, how did you grapple with that? So, you know, having somebody to push me was key, Mm -hmm. like having somebody outside of my realm being like, no, you can do this and and pushing me to to say I'm going to do it and and then follow through was huge. But it's just it's been a work in progress, reading books about money, listening to podcasts about money, really getting clear on what my beliefs are and Mm -hmm. how like they are just beliefs. Right. Like (laughs) that has been crazy for me to understand the difference between a fact and a belief and coming to terms with, oh my gosh, that thing that I thought my entire life, that's a belief and I could change it today. Like I could choose to change that belief today was huge. That's so freeing when people start to get that. When people get that, you're just, you're free because you realize it's those beliefs that are are the things that put you in a prison anyways. So this is beautiful. This is amazing. In a nutshell, how would you describe your relationship with money right now? Right now I am much more, my husband, my husband actually likes it because he's always been a little bit more abundant mindset than I am. He now, he like, will say it. He's like, Oh, I love this new abundant you. (laughs) I love Mm. this like abundant Amber. So I, I feel like my relationship with money now is that like there's enough and, Mm. and this, and I've talked about this at our next level event, but like, I feel like money comes in and money goes out and money comes in and money goes out. And before when the money went out, that was very fearful to me. The money going out was always scary. And I feel like I've gotten to the point now where I understand the ebbs and flows that like, yeah, money goes out and then it comes back and then it goes back out and then it comes back in. And I'm not scared with that ebb and flow now. Mm, I think that's so beautiful. And I hope someone here listening will take that beyond just a concept because I've used this um, metaphor of treating money like air, you know, air has to be breathed in and out. And when you're breathing air out, which is necessary for survival, because you can't just hold your breath and hold it in. When you breathe air out, like you don't sit in fear going, will more air come in? Will more oxygen come into my lungs? You know, and I know it's easier said than done. I didn't say this would be easy, but it's a beautiful, simple metaphor or analogy for how we can adopt a better relationship with money. Money is meant to flow out and you have to be okay to let it flow out because if you're not okay letting it flow out, what you're really saying is I don't have enough and you get what you focus on. So you say, 
I can't let it go means you don't have enough. And if you focus on not having enough, you'll never have enough. Boy, I think, and that's the thing is just to talk about this for a moment, I think most people are like starting to get, oh, okay, this is about like mindset and all this weird woo woo stuff that James talks about. And so when they go to fix their relate or affect or change their relationship with money, they focus on getting more. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what if all you did was heal the part of you, that experience of letting it go? And that's where I think the most profound impact was had in my life was being okay with letting it go out. Cause you know that if you let it go out, you know, more is going to come back in. So that's really yeah. awesome that you said that. And entrepreneurship kind of forces you into that sometimes, <laughs> doesn't like it? Facebook ads, right? Yep. Like I've just learned, I got to put money in and I get money out. Mm-hmm. Like that's just kind of how it works. Building a team, you put money in, you get money out. Yeah. And I've learned it now enough times and seen it work that I can believe that it will work in the future as well. Yes. That always makes it easier when you, when you've seen evidence when of it. I have evidence. Uh-huh. And you know, but you don't, that's the thing is you don't, but you don't that. need evidence. You don't need the evidence. And that's yeah. the thing is most people are walking around saying, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. And you know, that's the opposite, right? It's, yep. it's, you see it because you believed it first. So yep. this is great. So you did the group coaching program, you started mm-hmm. at 497 and then you went to 997. How was your experience with all of that? What type of results were you getting? Yeah. So, so I launched that program four times and I felt like, you know, I did very well. I was really happy with it. I started out at, you know, a 15 K launch was my beta launch, which is nothing to like laugh at. Like that was a five figure launch. I was super what, proud of that. Yeah. What was that experience like when that was all said and done? So I, you know, I was, that was like 35 women that I got into this program. I was, you know, still creating it as I was, you know, putting it out there for them. So it felt like that was a good amount of women. I was like, I can, I can deal with this amount. Like I can serve these women. I had built out the team so that I had other coaches in my program that were doing like the one-on-one type stuff. And I was doing more of the group because I want, I didn't want to lose that one-on-one, like checking in every week with, Mm -hmm. with fitness is really valuable. And so I had three coaches and I'm like, okay, cool. We did 35 women this time. Like we can scale this. Like I can scale this. Each of my coaches can take on 30 clients. Like we can get to like a hundred clients. So I was all revved up and all set up and then launch number two comes and we got 15,000 again. It was like, Mm. I got, I doubled the price and got half the number of students. Right. And so that was a little bit of like, uh, you know, what am I doing? Like I was already, <laughs> I was already growing. scared to raise the yeah. price. <laughs> yeah. I was already scared to raise the price. And then it was kind of like my fears were confirmed that when I raised the price, I got half the number of students and I ended up netting the same amount. Mm-hmm. And so then around that time I joined BBD and I'm like, okay, we're going to like, we're going to do this. I like took some of the stuff and I had my biggest launch yet. It was 24,000. <laughs> so at nine, nine, seven at nine, nine, seven. So, so an increase, right? Yeah. Like an increase. Yeah not a huge increase, but I'm like, okay, we're, we're like trending upward. Right. So then my fourth launch, I'm all excited. We're going to get a hundred clients. Like I have it all like mapped out. It's all ready. And I get a, it was a 17 K launch. So it was like, (laughs) I just felt like there was this glass ceiling that I was like, I cannot break through this glass ceiling. Like what, what is wrong? What, how do I move past this? And so you know, you turn into those inward things of like, what am I doing wrong? Like, what should I be doing instead? Like, this is not how it's supposed to go. Everybody else says that they double their launches every time. And I'm not sitting here doubling my launches. And, you know, all those things were kind of going around in my head. And that kind of brings us to like the beginning of of 2019, Mm. kind of where I was in the mindset that I was in January in 2019. Okay. So take a, just take us straight to there. Okay. So you made some changes, right? So I made some changes. So 
James always teaches that if something, you know, if, if it's not working, if it's not scaling, it's there's two things to look at. There's the offer and there's the messaging. Mm-hmm. And deep in my heart, I knew that both were off. Wow. I, I knew that I needed to fix both. And so I did that. So I, you know, I, I'm, I, I'm a tenacious person. Like if someone told me, no, Amber, you just got to keep launching this and like, you're going to, you'll get there. Like I would have kept doing it. I launched it four times. Like it wasn't me just like trying to give up, but I knew that I needed to pivot and it was a very intentional pivot. And so that pivot for me looked like taking the things that I had worked on over the last year and reformatting them and repurposing them into a new offer. So I created a new offer that was much a lower price point. It was much more hands-off and much more self-led course style rather than like a group coaching model. And so I created that offer and then I got really clear on my messaging and how I was speaking to people and how I was talking about my product and how I was talking about the transformation. And with those two things aligned the heavens opened and <laughs> I just finished out an 80 K launch. Come on. <laughs> so. That's so exciting. Was this the first time you did that? The new offer? So I did. So I did a beta launch okay. in February that's and that was, I very intentionally kept that very, very quiet. I think that was um, smart by the way to do that. Be- because I have a very large audience. Yep. I have a, you know, a sizable email list. Yep. I didn't want a ton of people in this beta. So I, I limited it by, having it be a paid webinar into um nice into it how much did you charge for the webinar so the webinar was just 20 bucks yep and i ended up having like 240 people in it and i ended up converting around uh it was like between 10 and 15 percent. i ended up having like 30 35 women come into the beta yeah which was perfect that was what i wanted so i think i ended up grossing like ten thousand dollars from that but it was i knew that that was setting me up for could you okay well that's what i want to ask too when you did the beta or when you made the offer for the beta you got your 35 women. Did you have a sense then that this offer was more aligned for you? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. You knew even back in February. Yeah. And I knew as I was putting it together, I just knew that I had grown so much over the last year. Mm-hmm. I had grown as a coach Yeah, and I was able to revisit those things. Cause I just, I basically repurposed content. Like I had already created a lot of the content, but I repurposed it. And because I was in a different space myself and as a coach, I was able to just craft it better and get people the same results with less time and and less energy. That's so cool. So when I finished it, I was like, yes, this is it. Well, I've had, um, I've had a lot of students ask me, you know, I'm about to launch my beta. What are the indicators that will tell me? Cause the, the whole point of the beta is really to test, right? To see, am I doing the right thing? And they asked me, what are the indicators that will tell me that this is the right offer to keep pursuing? Do you have any advice that, that told you, like, I know this is right. It felt right. Yeah. It is a and feeling. Was, I, I mean, I know that's hard yeah. for people to hear, but it is so much a feeling. It was. And I don't regret what I did in, in 2018, Good. creating and launching that group coaching program so many times. Because even though it never felt 100% right, it gave me the tools and the like learning that I needed before I was going to be able to create this offer. Right. And so I don't regret anything, but definitely when I finished it, I was like, yes, like this is how I wanted to say it. This is how I wanted to present it. This is how it, it just felt like this was on brand, on Mm. alignment with me. And that was something that one of the coaches had brought up to me. I was feeling so out of alignment in the end of 2018. I was like, if you tell me I need to launch this again, I'll do it. But I just, I feel so conflicted. Like I just feel this like confliction within me. And she's like, if you're feeling that out of alignment, like your customers are going to be feeling that. And she's absolutely right. 
And once I got this new offer, I was like, yes, I feel in alignment with the price. I feel alignment with the process. I feel alignment with all of it. Let's go. Like, let's do, let's do the big launch. And what is the price? What was the price point on the new offer? So this was a 297 price point. Mm -hmm. So a much lower price point, which I have found the fitness industry is kind of funny with like price points. Totally. Uh, You would would think that like health and fitness would be like worth lots and lots to people, but it, people are stingy with. Yeah. No, no. It's, it's like, no, I'll, I'll, um, you know, I'll save money and eat poorly and not take care of myself. And then when I'm 70, I'll spend all my money on, on uh, trying to fix myself. (laughs) Yeah. Um, whereas this is just preventative, you know, to stay healthier, live longer and whatnot. That's how, you know, this is how most people in society work. But yes, I would say that I think that's great that you mentioned this. I tell people don't be the Walmart in your industry. Okay. Raise your prices, but you have to understand that this is contextual to the industry and the market that you're in and that raising your prices, if you're teaching business owners or serving business owners in some way, you could have 20, 30, 40, $50,000 offers. Like we have a $50,000 offer in our business. You're in the fitness space. We're talking about people that buy eBooks for 20 bucks. So right. going to 297 already actually is a higher yeah. ticket program. Yep. Like I have a fitness membership. I pay 30 bucks a month for it. I love it. I'll like, I'll never cancel 30 bucks a month is a no brainer for me, but for most people, that's kind of the threshold. Yep. And, um, yeah. so even at 297, you're at, you're at a, you're not a Walmart price right there. No, no, it isn't. That was hard for me for a while because I do like listen to other podcasts and I do like watch other business owners and, and the business to business is different than the business consumer. And I think even business to consumer is different in the fitness space. Completely. And so coming to terms with that and like being like, okay with, yeah, like it's a 297 product, which first a lot of people are like, oh, that's a super low price course in the fitness space a lot of people can get a one-to-one coach for $300. Like, and so I, I come up against that. Like, why should I buy this course if I can get a one-to-one coach for the same price? Totally. And it's a different market. So it's just a different territory, but understand if you think about like, okay, let's say, so I'm serving online entrepreneurs, right? How many online entrepreneurs are there like in the marketplace? And then how many people are there out there that want to lose weight? The thing is, is there's true. There is, not just a volume, a more volume in the health and fitness space, but it's a more consistent volume. Like you'll never run out of people (laughs) who want to lose weight. And there'll be someone that right now is currently in great shape. And then in a year from now, they're going to be looking for weight loss advice because something happened, right? So it's just a different environment. And that's why, you know, know your market, know what works and know what doesn't. So this is so exciting. And so first of all, like huge congrats. I'm so excited and so happy for you that you found this launch messaging and offer alignment. Cause I think that's just part of the journey. And mm-hmm. because what was the word you use, but you're just so, um, I like to use the word stubborn, but tenacious, you're not willing to give up. And yeah. that's what it takes. People do their first launch and they say, it wasn't perfect. It wasn't a home run. I give up and notice here in listening to Amber, how she was willing to do something over and over again and try something different until she found something that worked for her and not give up on that. That's the process. Yeah. So and um, it was crazy yeah. when it all came into alignment too, because it, I went into this knowing that it was going to be a big launch. I, I felt like it, like this is going to be it. I'm going to have my 60k launch, which has been on my vision board mm. for a year. Yep. <laughs> I've wanted that 60k launch. Like that's been my my milestone. And on our card open day, we did 52,000. Oh, and I and yeah. I was like, 
what is this? Yeah. <laughs> like, like it came out of nowhere to me. It was like, yeah, I had this goal for like 60,000 and we ended up blowing that out of the water and, and hit 80 K. And it was really what it was just like the, all the things came into alignment, yeah. the offer the messaging me and the place I was at in my business. And it just all, it all worked. That's so awesome. And uh, I'm sure your husband is super ecstatic. He's very excited. Yeah. He's like, when are we going to do this again? Right. And now <laughs> um, you're pacing pretty well for 2019. Yeah. Yeah. So my, my revenue goal is 400 K mm -hmm. for 2000. And you're feeling good about that. And I'm feeling good about it. That's amazing. So there was a little bit of this dip in this transition to go from one to one to one to many, but just to like finalize here for somebody listening, who's in that same place that you were back in 2016, 2017, where you'd maxed out on one-on-one -on -one clients. What advice do you have for them if they're sitting here at the edge of the cliff, ready to make that leap from one to one to one to many? Yeah. Let me tell you, having been there, it is hard to cut the one to one ties mm. because it was it was steady. It was like I need a little extra money. I pick up in a couple extra clients and it was just like I it was always there. I didn't have to do a whole lot of work. I didn't have to pay for Facebook advertising like it was just this steady stream, but it took up all my time. Yeah. And I didn't have time to do anything else. And I knew that if I wanted to grow larger, I had to be able to have time to do other things. And that would mean cutting back on the one-to-one -one clients. But the hard thing about that is that the cutting back has to happen first. Like I have to cut yes. back on clients to create the space to then create something else. And that's a scary place to be yeah. because I was generating a lot of money. And now what I'm saying is, no, I'm gonna cut my client load in half. So I now my revenue is gonna fall by half to now create time to then hopefully in the future, create something else that's going to generate more revenue. And it's a scary place to be. Yeah. So I've been there. Like I know what that feels like. And I can say, James always says that you have to slow down so that you can speed up. And that is exactly what happened for me. I cut back my one-to-one -one clients. I created more space and I generated less revenue in 2000. 18 than I did in 2017, mm -hmm. almost like 60 K less in revenue. And so that was kind of hard. It was like, I almost had reached that 200,000 in 2017. And then in 2018, we're like back to just like down in this in like low six figures. But I knew that I had to be looking forward and that I had to be looking past just that year because I couldn't scale that anymore. And so here we are now in 2019 and I'm going to double what I did in 2017. Yeah. I'm so glad you bring that up because I remember where I was. Uh, my one-on-one -on -one was me doing bartending services and people would pay me to go bartend their weddings and private events. And it sucked. I hated it, but it paid the bills Yep. and it was easy to get clients. I was ranked number one in Google. If you typed in Orange County bartender or bartender for hire in any town in Orange County, even outside of Orange County, people would find me and I was getting at least a call a day. I was turning down gigs because I was like, no, I'm just too busy. And I had other bartenders working for me. And I remember when I stopped and it was that exact same experience where you have to like grasp or conceptualize or accept this, this inevitability that you're going to have a decline before you have an increase exactly yeah. like you did. And what a beautiful demonstration of faith when you make that leap, when you say, I'm going to say no to these extra clients and this extra money because I know in the future it will pay off. And that's unfortunately, this is gonna be a hard pill for some to swallow. As scary as it was for Amber, she did it because she knew it would work out. 
Yep. Scary, 100%, and she did it anyways. Whereas most people will not do it, and it's deep down, it's because they don't actually believe that they'll be able to do it. We will not actually, there's a beautiful quote by Richard Bandler. It says something to the effect of, if you don't fully 100% believe in the outcome or believe that it's possible, you won't actually do what it actually takes to get the result. And that's a perfect example of it. If it's, it's scary, 100%, but you'll do it. You'll make the leap if you know, if you believe that the outcome is going gonna, is gonna to happen. It's going to be possible. I'm interested to hear what you have to say about this because I hear in the in the online space a lot about burn the boats, right? Like you got to burn the boats so that you can't go back and like, you know, you got to move forward and go towards what you want. But one of the things that helped me back then and may help somebody else was that in the back of my mind, I just said, I can always go back. Like if I needed to get revenue, if I needed to generate some mm-hmm. revenue, I could put it out on my Instagram and I could get some more one-on-one clients. And so for me having that, you know, maybe I didn't burn all the boats, but having this little boat back here that was like a little safety boat gave me the confidence to be like, you know what, if it doesn't work, I can always go back. And that for me helped me to, to move forward. Yeah. This is a great topic because, you know, I challenge everything. So even when I hear advice like that, I'm going to, I'm going to challenge it. I think there's a couple of things in play here. First of all, there's people that are tend to be more like pain and consequence motivated versus more like positive motivated. So the person that's saying burn the boats tends to say that because they're the type of person that when things, you know, like ish hits the fan, when things get bad, that really motivates them. That really moves them. Mm-hmm. And then there are people that like me, I'm, I'm not really that like that motivated by that. I see a big positive bright outcome and that actually is all I need to move towards that. And so for me, I'm always going to take a very strategic and intelligent approach to business, which is, I think, burn the boats in this context is, what's the word I'm looking for? Reckless. It's reckless. So burning the boats in this context would be sending an email and announcing to your entire audience, I'm no longer taking any more one-on-one clients ever again. Why would you do that? Just make the decision to say, well, to say first how many clients do I need in order to like maintain revenue for the next 12 months? Great. I'm only going to do that. And now I've just given myself three hours a day or whatever to work on this new business. Great. You're being smart about it. I'm always going to be, how do we mitigate and minimize risk as much as possible? You're going to have to make that jump from one to one to one to many. If you want to, of course, you don't have to ever go to one to many. You could stop where Amber stopped there and be totally fine with that. But if if you want to go to one to many, you're going to have to make a jump. My message is why not make that gap, that canyon, as small and narrow as you possibly can? Someone asked me, Teresa Lowe asked me on my podcast, and we did this two-part story of James's history. Like, you talk about this phrase, leap in the net will appear. It's this old Zen saying. You've probably heard me say it until it just sounds like I'm a broken record. Leap in the net will appear. James, what, she asked me, what was what's like the biggest leap you've taken? And I laughed. I said, if I'm being honest, I don't really think I've ever taken a big leap. I just keep taking one step after another, one step in front of another. And then people look back and say, whoa, you've grown so much. It's like, yeah, I just took one step in front of the other for 11, 12 years straight. So that's my philosophy on that. It sounds like a similar to your perspective as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that was that was reassuring for me. Yeah, so. well, you I didn't know, go back, but I could have always gone back. Know thyself is this whole idea of like get obsessed with finding out what motivates you, what works for you, what what works for developing new habits and new behaviors, you know, and just just really, you know, notice that. Now, for me, I'm also commitment is a big deal for me. So when I say yes to something and I commit to it, in my mind, I'm burning my in the boats in that I won't go back unless, you know, there's just no way out, you know? So I, if we're using this as an actual example, like the burning the boats metaphor is like when you go to battle and the, the men on the boats, the soldiers on the boats go to the shore and they're going to go attack the neighboring village. They burn the boats because they're saying we can't retreat. That's, so that's where it's coming from, just for listeners that, that didn't get the reference. And so... The thing is, is I wouldn't need to burn the boats because I'm just going to choose not to retreat. Mm. And you, you know what yeah. I mean? So it's like, have yes. them there because it'll give you peace of mind. But I'm going to choose not to give up. And that's what commitment is. And I've talked about this in the Business by Design group that I think commitment is this word that's being just tossed around like those free flyers in Las Vegas. Some of you guys know what I'm talking about here, right? They just throw it around. I'm committed. I'm committed. I'm committed. And committed now means, well, if when I feel like it, you know, no. That's not commitment. Commitment is like, for example, Amber, you have four kids. Is it not true that you are absolutely committed to their health and safety? That no matter what happens, an economic collapse, a natural disaster, heaven forbid, you are committed that you will do whatever it takes to keep them safe. 100%. It's not even a question. Nope. That's commitment. It's not, well, I'm tired. Well, I don't feel like it today or Game of Thrones is on or something like that. People are saying they're committed, but then other things get in the way. And if you take that same energy, that same level of commitment that someone like Amber would have or any parent would have about their kids, and you start applying that to the vision of your business, you don't even need to talk about burning the boats because you're not even looking behind you. You're not looking back. You're just doing, you know, you're just making it happen. So the thing is, is like, Amber, I really get a sense after getting to know you this year that that's just about who you are. And um, absolutely. The thing is, is that's what it takes. I have to assume we didn't ask. I don't know if it's inappropriate to ask if you got the six pack after the babies, but that was your goal. I have to assume you either got it or got very close because I you got it. You, of course you got it because she <laughs> takes that same level of tenacity and commitment. And when she focuses it and applies it, she does whatever it costs, whatever it takes to hit the outcome. And the fact of the matter is, is that's not how most people are approaching a business. And then they wonder why they're not getting the results because you're not actually doing what it takes. You're not having the follow through. You're not operating from that place of commitment. And yeah. so it's not even a surprise to me that you are where you are in such a little bit amount of time. It's so much less about what you know and what skills and what secrets that the gurus are teaching or withholding and so much more about who you are and what you're about and how yeah. you show up when you're working on your business. Because as a mom of four, how many hours a day can you even allot to your business? I have two and a half hours between the time that I drop my son off at preschool time I pick him up. Wow. So sometimes I'm putting in a couple other hours during the day, but like my two and a half hours is like my block to work Monday yeah. through Friday. Cause I don't work weekends. Cause that was a commitment my husband and I made together. Yeah. So not a ton. Yeah. And now you've given me like 45 minutes on this call. So I want to give you <laughs> the rest of your day back. So this has been amazing. Any, any final words before we wrap up? Just that. I think what James said about commitment, like that absolutely rings home. And it's one of the things that, that I love to pass on to my clients. And like mm -hmm. I said, kind of to bring it full circle, what I talked about at the beginning to me, fitness is the vehicle, but what I'm teaching people 
is that commitment? Is that you continue to show up? Is that when it, it does you like you do three workouts and you don't have a six pack yet? Like you keep going because yeah. the six pack is three months down the road, not after three workouts. And when you can really look at it at the long term of this is where I want to go. And I really resonate when James says your success is inevitable. Like I've always gone into business thinking like, yeah, of course it is. Like, do people not believe their success? is inevitable? <laughs> because maybe that's like <laughs> really high minded of me, but I'm always like, of course my success is inevitable. Yeah. And I want to pass that onto my clients and mm. onto the people who are in my sphere of influence, because I truly believe that we as women and we as people have so much power inside of us yes. and we just hold ourselves back so darn much that I want to be able to have people let that out and say, yeah, your success, whatever you want in life, you can do it. Like you, you got it. I love this. I love this so much. Cause you're just like, you're leading by example. You're taking a stand. You're being the leader to your people. You're showing them I'm the proof of what's possible. And that's what it takes. That's what it takes. That's why, because you believe in yourself so much and believe in them so much, that's why they're all joining. Yeah. And, and darn um, it, I didn't know that entrepreneurship was going to be like this much fun. Had I known that this was like yes. this much fun and like this much growth, yep. I would have done it a lot sooner right? than I did it. Right? I'm yeah. glad I fell into it. I know. I'm glad you did too. So this has been amazing. Thank you so much, Amber. Where can we follow you? Should we go to Instagram? Yeah. Instagram's my platform of choice. I'm there at Biceps After Babies. I also have a podcast, Biceps After Babies Radio. Love and it. then I'm also on Facebook. But Instagram is definitely my platform of choice. Amber, you're amazing. Thank you so much. We're going to link all that up in the show notes. So please, guys, do me a huge favor. If anything that Amber has shared with you today has touched, moved, or inspired you in some way, let her know. Blow up her DMs for a week or so and share with her how her message and her journey is impacting you. Because I know that'll make a difference. You can really get a sense that she's all about inspiring and changing the lives of the women that come to her in her community. But how much more amazing is it when she gets to have that ripple effect and inspire even other entrepreneurs and business owners, even if you're like not even engaged in health and fitness. I think that's pretty awesome. That's pretty cool. So uh, that'd be amazing. Yeah. Thank you guys. And thank you, Amber. And that concludes our amazing case study interview for the Mind Your Business podcast. We'll see you all next time on the next episode. Take care. What is the reoccurring revolution? Well, if you look closely, you'll notice that smart and successful entrepreneurs are all adding reoccurring monthly revenue to their business model so they can create consistency in their cash flow and certainty in their lives. And they're doing this with paid monthly digital membership programs. So let me ask you, did you get into this business so you could stay up late at night and worry about where next month's sales were going to come from? Or did you want to create something that would work even when you didn't? That's what a membership is all about. And my good friend, Mr. Stu McLaren, founder of Tribe, is hosting a free video workshop on how to start, launch, and grow your very own profitable membership so you too can get in on the reoccurring revolution and finally move from a place of constantly selling to consistently serving. So to get started now, head on over to jameswedmore.com forward slash tribe right now.